Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. We are coming to you live from uh, the Lucha World Studios in the glorious Walnut Kills in California. <laughs> this is Vandal Drummond, joined as always by uh, uh, Fredo Esparza. How's it going this afternoon, Fredo? I don't have a fake name like you do, huh? I know. we got to come up yeah. with a, a fake name for you. You know, uh, you know we have the Bixie Demon for Bix and Span, uh... I guess Ryan and Dan don't have any yeah. fake names yet. We'll come up with something, yeah. but there's got to be a cool handle for you somewhere. That that it works. It's not. It's not, not anything to worry about. <laughs> well, it has been ages since we sat down for a. Lucha when was World the last podcast. show we did? September. I think, I think November. November. I believe it was November. Wow. We should know this, shouldn't we? <laughs> I thought it was October, or September. <laughs> Yeah, it has been quite a while, way too long. Well, it's been, uh, at least on my end, it's been a very busy few months. I think we have like three months worth of wrestling to talk about. We do, (laughs) we do. So, um, well, I guess of the news that happened some time ago, but really should not be ignored, is the passing of M.A.S.A. Uno. Yeah. Uh, It just came out of nowhere, too, so it's... Because it was a car accident. Yeah, I, I think you know, his... it wasn't. It wasn't something that you were kind of waiting to happen. Like yeah, some guys had diabetes or something, and you're like, oh, he's probably going to die. Yeah, and he did. He wasn't living a fast lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, sound like somebody who probably retired pretty contently. As yeah. I understand, he his main focus was uh, training wrestlers, and I think working with one of the local promotions. Um, but yeah, I guess his car overturned and. Uh, I guess when they found him, he had already passed away. Uh, I when we talked about it right after we heard the news, I, I thought you put it best when you said he was really the unsung hero of the Infernalis trio. Well, you know the thing was like when you first get into lucha, you immediately notice Satanico and Pirata Morgan, the first two guys you notice for obvious reasons. And MS Uno was always like the eh, you know, he's the other guy. It got worse once they brought in Masacre, you know, than MS yes. Uno. MS Uno was a little bit more focal. I mean, Pirata Morgan and Satanico are just sheer charisma. Yeah. And that's not saying MS Uno was not a great worker. He was a wonderful worker. Oh, he was great. He was great. But you're standing next to not only two guys who are not only great workers, but also just really charismatic. And, you know, MS Uno had charisma. The problem was that those guys just like had so much more that it was like you know it's <laughs> exactly. like you're just putting them in, in a room like you're putting like the 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 coolest guy with even cooler people in, in the room it's like <laughs> oh man you're in a really yeah you've got a trio of alpha cats and, yeah yeah um, you know yeah uh well i had not watched this match until this morning uh I watched the 1983 hair versus hair match that he had with sangre chicana that was great what an amazing match i the only thing I wish I could see is I would love to have seen the build-up weeks before that match because there was so much heat in that audience. Yeah. These people were so hot for this match. And what I marveled at is how simple yet effective the whole match was. Essentially, the whole fall, most of the entire first fall took place outside of the ring because M.A.S.A. Uno just trashes Sangre Chicana, bloodiesing him up, and... There's this woman who I, I think I heard the announcers say was Sangre Chicana's mother, oh, God. trying to help him up, trying to get get his ring yeah, jacket yeah. off for him. Yeah, and that whole first fall is just him, just Masa Uno destroying Sangre Chicana, and he continues to destroy him into the second fall. Sangre Chicana comes back with just one right hook, pow, and he just knocks him out. Yeah, and the audience popped like crazy for one yeah. punch. And then the rest of it was, I think, two more punches, a tope, and Sangre Chicana wins the second fall by countout. And it's not by, like, a countout where one of them beats the other to the ring. It's the tope knocks out M.A.S.A. Uno, floors him, plasters him. And, uh, again, here's a match where a tope really meant something. Yeah, yeah. And Unlike nowadays, where you see them like three or four times in a row. Yeah, and and I both mean, and, and and it's not done that often, but it, every couple of matches you'll see that happen, and it doesn't really, doesn't really fit, you know, for the match. You know, it just 
it's just part of the exactly routine. And it, yeah, it's it's like you said, it, it's sure routine. And if it gets over, and if people like it, that's cool. But it's funny how you're thinking of the storyline where somebody does a tope, hits the guy, and then both of them get back up in the ring like yeah. neither of them were hurt. Here we go, sounding like Lance Storm. There we are. Yes, yes. <laughs> we were joking how on our Slam and Stand podcast last night. We were all talking about the good old days and how kids these days do it differently and how we're turning into Lance Storm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I think that match, what it shows is just how great those two guys were. Yes. And how they're very undervalued in, in you know, in pro wrestling history. I mean, basically, because Sangre Chicana, I, I know when um, I think Matt Farmer was looking through um, attendance records, he was really amazed at how, how much of a draw he was. Which I mean, if you grew up watching Lucha, you would you would have known because he was yes he was always drawing great crowds and MS Uno was always one of the top heavyweights. So yeah, and and just how charismatic both these guys were. Yeah. I mean, in that match, you know, again, and I I know I'm probably sounding old here, but you can learn from old. Yeah, and the way that these guys sold to the crowd, I don't think there was one high spot in the whole match. It was just an all-out brawl. And one of the things that made it so effective is even though Sangre Chicana won the last two falls, he never recovered from the beating he took in the first yeah. fall. He's staggering throughout the rest of the match. And it it worked. It really, really worked. There was a almost a Marge Simpson moment in the match where every now and then the camera would go to his mo- uh, Sangre Chicana's mother sitting in the audience. And one of the time when they go to her, you know, you're expecting to see her looking concerned, but you see her taking a drag of a cigarette. Yeah, she's really not. She knows, she knows it's a work. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does this all the time. Yeah, and then just when I saw her smoking, I just kind but of you thought... you kind of expect that from Sangre Chicana's mom. I mean, <laughs> yes. Sangre Chicana, I mean, he doesn't look like the safest person in the world. Exactly. You know? This is true. He's probably been through a, lo- a lot of He probably grew up moments. tough. Yeah. He's, he's one of those tough guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. M- but M-A-S-A Uno... That match showed what a great Rudo he was on his own. I yeah. mean, uh, I mean, I'm glad he was in the Infernales. That was such a great trio. But you know, he really could have stood out on his own. I, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Well, they they did give him the heavyweight title too, so they did think yes. they, they did think highly of him. So it wasn't just the and he lasted a long time, like mid '90s, wasn't it? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, when I rediscovered Lucha in the late 1980s. Yeah, he is a part of that whole package. Yeah, that was one he of the. Was still, he was still around. Yeah, you, you don't see that longevity from guys from that era, like who were really working at that type of level. You know, it's because there were some guys. You know, Mel Moskers can last forty years because he's not really doing a lot. Exactly, he just you know? has to be Mel Moskers. Yeah. That's his but job. But you know, those guys who were like working at an insane rate, you don't see a lot of those guys. It's true. You see them now broken down. You know, like Sangre Chicana is like a lot older. Yes, he's not. He's not a he's not a black terry or negro Navarro in the ring now. So yeah, uh, I got an email from Scotty Astro a while back. Uh, also, want to thank Scotty Astro for the nice things he said about our our podcast. <laughs> you rock, Scotty. Uh, but he was saying he saw Ombre Bala recently at a gym and said the poor guy is having a hard time getting around. Yeah, see, it's like for every guy that there, for every Negro Navarro who's a really great worker at 50, over fifty, mm-hmm. there's like five or six guys who you could see that are having a hard time just walking. Yes, yeah. So. And I, I, you know, I, I should be able to observe this, but I haven't looked closely. Are the guys like Negro Navarro and Black Terry? They're awesome. I mean, is part of it? Do you think that they rely so much on mat wrestling and are a lot more? I think so. I think it's more of their training. And plus they're trainers, right. too, so it's like, I think they know how to take care of their bodies, too. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, Ombre Bala look pretty, I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure he's fat now, or at least chubby. Probably. Yeah, I so. mean, you can't, you can't move around, you can't exercise yeah, as much, so. and, and your metabolism slows the older you get, which really sucks, I can plus, tell you. Plus, I think you. a lot of the guys are heavy drinkers, too, so mm-hmm. oh, it yeah. interesting to know what Navarro and Terry do. <clears throat> well, I heard one of the most heartbreaking ones is Jerry Estrada. Apparently, uh, oh, apparently <laughs> Jerry Estrada is breaking down like by '95, I think. Wasn't yeah. It? Oh, he um, long before that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I guess it's a combination. He did a lot of crazy bumps, and he he lived a fast lifestyle too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I heard, I think it was four or five years ago, he made an appearance uh, at a wrestling show and. 
I think they did a little tribute to him, and apparently he fell apart crying, just like was you could tell he wasn't a happy camper. Which, yeah. But well, like but, a, but again, pure oath. But I think I think something happened to him. I think it was some sort of operation, like, wasn't it? It was an operation, and am I remembering right that he had a stroke? I think so. Yeah, because that was the second thing off of that. Yeah, but but when you think of the guys like Negro Navarro, Black Terry, I mean that's what I think of the way professional wrestlers should be trained. Just in my own mind, Negro Casas, exactly, exactly. Blue Panther, you know, do some moves that look like they're crazy, that look like they hurt. If you 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 try not to get hurt because you're going to get hurt anyway, no matter how safe you are, you know, and it's just going to up the ante. Sure, Lance Storm. Lance Storm Jr. <laughs> you call this Storm. Except I've never been on the road like he you know, has. You know, and he was talking about how there's a certain way to catch and dive. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, realistically, I mean, accidents happen. They you know, do. These they guys, do. I mean, even with, I mean, there's been so many guys. You could talk about how uh, it's risky to take a catcher or be a catcher or a, a dive, do a dive. But, I mean, how many times have you seen more guys get hurt from, like, a, a power slam they hurt their back because they land incorrectly or something. Yes. I well, think more importantly, it's the training. It is the training. Well, in fact, one of the things that I learned in training is why you want to catch the guy. Yeah. One of the things that I've seen repeatedly is somebody's doing topes or body press, and they're about to land on the guy's arms, and the catcher starts falling yeah, before there's before. actually contact, which is... Dangerous both for the catcher and the diver. No, you actually want to catch him. You don't catch him and hold him so your back goes out. You catch him just long enough to break the momentum, then you fall. Yeah. And one of the reasons I know this is I made that mistake when I was working out at Gills once when they were doing body presses, and I fell right before the guy caught me, and we just bonked heads. <laughs> and, Jeez. you know, to be honest, it's lucky we just bonked yeah. heads. But that's when I realized, oh... That's why you catch somebody. Have you ever caught somebody heavier than you? Uh, Yes, I have. And it's not that bad if you're doing it correctly. And, well, that was how I was taught. You catch them just long enough where you feel the pressure in your arms, and then you fall. Because that was one of the things Storm Lance was saying, that you never catch. You always let the smaller guy be the dive guy and the other you know the guy catching should be a little bit heavier. Yeah. Where, I, but I, I kept thinking, well, Superboy, Superboy made a living out of, you know, doing dives, <laughs> and he's a pretty, he's a pretty big guy. I remember seeing uh, Brasso de Plata do a tope yeah, onto Brasso Kiss, yeah. and uh, one, it was a great tope, and Kiss sold it like he was murdered. Yeah. But he wasn't hurt. Yeah. You know, he. I mean, yeah. General rule: you should probably have the lighter guy doing it, but. If you hear a bit of silence, we're both staring at our equipment here since we are still novices in the podcasting and computer business yeah, here. Kurt, Kurt's staring at the... Kurt's staring at the... What does it say? We, Restart later. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, Kurt's staring at the, at, the, at the audio recorder and I'm staring at the computer, who, which... You can just hear the 2001 Space Odyssey music playing as us Neanderthals are, like, beating on our equipment with uh, <laughs> no, you know, mastodon bones. The, the thing is, this netbook, it always updates the, the software all the time, so it's, like, pain in the ass to figure out when it's going to stop. Now, I am very angry because the character Metro is no more in CMLL. <laughs> so is Blue Demon. <laughs> Blue Demon Jr., he's probably more upset. They showed a close... I, I t- there's a picture of the mask even up close yes more even closer <laughs> and it's exactly blue demons it's yeah metro it's ridiculous oh for those of you folks who don't know metro who is my favorite uh, product placement in wrestling uh he's he's a character who essentially advertises a newspaper called metro yeah i love it just like gato everready i love product placement in wrestling and this guy was so cool. And now they decide to get rid of the Metro gimmick, and they are repackaging him as Diamante Azul, Blue Diamond. Yeah. And it looks almost identical, like yeah. Fredo said, to a Blue Demon mask. Yeah. Blue Demon Jr., they've already made fun of it. He's already made fun of it. Like, oh, has he really? Yeah, he already... Um, Rob Bihari sent them a, a tweet. <laughs> told him, maybe you should change your, your look. What do you think of the, the new character? And Blue Demon's like, yeah, his... 
uh, NWA historic demon <laughs> junior or something. <laughs> uh, he wrote something really hilarious on Twitter. Apparently, he does have a sense of humor. So that's cool. That's, that's kind of props to him. Yeah, he's not a Santo type. <laughs> he's not Just bitter. Gonna, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's going to try to sue them at some point. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Because the mask is so obviously blue demon. Well, I'll, I'll give it to Ijo de Santo. He didn't try to sue Johnny Legend when uh, Johnny. Uh, had one of the the porn actors on Sex Mex or uh, or how Nympho Libre? That's how they retitled yeah. it. it. First, it was Sex Mex, then Nympho Libre. One of the porn actors wore a Santo mask that Santo had given Johnny, <laughs> uh, and uh, Santo just gave Johnny a very uh, heavy chewing out. Uh, oh, he did. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He was not happy. Um, I, they're friends again and everything, but. Uh, he he was not pleased. <laughs> He's, Johnny should have said, "You could have it back." <laughs> There's a bit of an odor on yeah, it. I don't know quite like, what it is. But have been like, "No, that's all right. <laughs> I forgive you. Just don't do it again." <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this, the the thing is, they also the other problem going on with the Diamante Azul is they have a wrestler already in the promotion named Diamante. Yeah. So it's kind of that that pretty much screws that guy over too. So. I know, and it seems like they're trying to. I mean, I I actually love this new tradition they have of having almost ancient traditional masked wrestler characters like La Sombra, yeah. La Mascara. I I dig that, but don't do too many of them. It but seems you know, like that's what they're trying to do here. The thing is that they they don't really keep track of their own gimmicks because mm-hmm. I mean, how hard is it to see? Okay, we have a Diamante. Maybe we should rename that guy before we name this guy. Because, I mean, Diamante, they could have had him drop his mask months ago. Easily. Because he was was already in the outs. Like, he was in the outs when he did the WWE tryout years Mm -hmm. ago, so. Now, Prince Devitt coming to CMLL for the entire month of of March. Yeah. It's going to be huge. (laughs) (laughs) Now... I know finally, this... finally, somebody worth watching from New Japan going to uh, <laughs> aside from John Strongman. Well, you know the thing is, like, I'm not. I don't want to knock all those guys because Naito has been way better in New mm-hmm. Japan. But I mean, like, they, they send them when they're green, so you get them at their worst. You know, it's <laughs> like, true. They're... Yoshihashi's been was horrible. His run. Mm-hmm. Okumura. They have a new guy also, Nama Nama Jagi or something like that. Nama Jagi. Nama Nama. Namahuagi or something. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard the name. I'm going to have to start watching frequently now. Yeah. It, it's a really cool look. It's like a kabuki-looking yeah. gimmick. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, that might be cool. kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Now, perhaps Prince Devitt, I, I, you know, again, here's the Vandal Drummond punchline is, I've only seen Prince Devitt once. <laughs> Against Strongman. <laughs> Against Strongman, yeah. I mean, what else do you need? Yeah. You know? And that was actually a good match, so you know he's a good worker. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah no, he is good. He's he is really very good. good. I've seen a lot of him. He's... He, you know what, what they'll end up doing is they'll probably end up putting him with Mascara, Dorada, and Sombra, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Get rid of La Mascara. <laughs> I'm so tired of La Mascara. They, they had him drop to the belt to Volador Jr., mm-hmm. which is great. Yes. Yeah, this, the, this past week, they had three title changes in um, Lucha Libre. Now, you told me Negro Casas won, won Yeah, one he of beat La Sombra. Don't ask me which belt he won. So. <laughs> There's so many. Volador Jr. beat La Mascara. Mm-hmm. And Hector Garza won a belt for and Perros del Mal show. Very cool. So, there's three new champions. Something to look forward to. Now, Negro Casas versus La Sombra. Is that one, do we know, is that going to air? It's in Puebla. Oh, damn. It might I'd air. love to it see that. It might air. It might air. It might air. The, the question is, will that pers- will those people record it? Because, <laughs> you know, they, they changed the schedule so much mm-hmm. that it's kind of hard to record each right. right now. So. Uh, and speaking of Negro Casas, this is kind of a cool time for us traditional hardcore fans. Cause... We didn't even talk about Prince Devin and how great he's going to be in CMLL. Well, we, we just, know he's going to be We great. just skipped through it. Like, yeah, he's going. yeah, he's going there. He's going we'll there. talk more about it once he's there and once he's actually shown how awesome he we'll is. We'll talk about it on the next Slamets, uh Lucha World podcast in 2013. That's right. <laughs> After his career is wrapped yeah. up. <laughs> no, Negro Casas and Blue Panther are going full uh, force into their feud that looks like is going to... Um, it headlines the next big show. Yes. Hair, hair versus match. hair. Yeah. Should be a really good match. Now, I watched the lightning match between the two of them. I I bow to Blue Panther 
going to burn some incense in front of a mask of his, uh, you know, leave some flowers. This guy is awesome. He did two homages to Cavernario Galindo in the match. One, when he had Negro Casas uh, in the toehold, he started chewing on his boots like Cavernario Galindo used to do to his opponent. I love that. And then he did the Cavernario. Let's see Kurt Angle do that. Yes. <laughs> the cool thing is, I bet you Kurt Angle would do it if you. He asked probably him. would if he saw it. You if know. you told, if you explained to him uh, the whole song, you know what? You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen since we don't watch TNA. Somebody's going to be screaming at the watching, listening to the podcast, saying he already does it. He already does it. <laughs> like, we don't know. I saw it on the house show. Yeah. I... Does anybody have Kurt Angle's Twitter account? I we, we should Twitter him and just explain to him who Cavernario Galindo well, was. He, I think he's a, he likes lucha, so. Oh, that's cool. Kurt Angle, like Brian Daniel, um, Daniel Bryan's favorite uh, wrestler is Blue Panther. That now, did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, one that of his is favorites. so cool. Yeah. Oh, I like Bri- I, I like Daniel Bryan the more. He with should every pattern his hairstyle to Blue Panthers. That would be great. <laughs> that would be so cool. That would be so sad for for Daniel Bryan. <laughs> now, Negro Casas has lost his hair a jillion times. Yeah. It's got to be Blue Panther. I, I yeah, think. I'd be curious to see what Blue Panther looks like bald. bald would, yeah. would he look just as brainy as he does? Because he, he looks like your math or engineering teacher at high school. Yeah. And if he shaved his head, would he still look that brainy or would he kind of have a you know suave what I, look to him? You know what I think Blue Panther should do when he, shave, when he, loses, his, if he loses his hair? Mm-hmm. He should come back as a heel wearing a wig. Like, oh, that like would be Buddy great. Like Roberts. Because <laughs> he's not going to look good without hair. I don't think The gonna... wig and a headgear like Buddy yeah, Roberts Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I yes. don't think he's going to look that good with, without hair. That would be sweet. He already looks bad right now. Like, <laughs> he looks old all of a sudden. Talk about a guy aging without a mask. <laughs> yeah. That should be a great match. I think that show might actually be even better than the last couple of shows they've done. So, I think so. I think, you know, I, I, I don't like to hold out hope in September for what they do with their anniversary school shows because they always seem to mess those up but uh this show seems to always be the bigger the better one yeah yeah and I have yeah. I have high hopes for this one <clears throat> excuse me I'm hoping this show draws well I, who knows how it's gonna draw plus but. you're gonna have um I think the women's match there's a feud going on between Amapola and Estrellita mm-hmm. and they have Ult- um, Ultimo Guerrero and Atlantis which I mean you know it's, <laughs> it's a great feud we were talking about this it's a fun feud, but I mean, you've heard, they've wrestled so many times. It's like within a, a short period of time where it's like they don't really do it. Unless they gear it towards Mascara Conta Mascara, why keep doing it? Ultimo Girl, and Ultimo Girl is very, um, a lot of his stuff is very similar. Like, mm-hmm. it's very repetitive. So it's not, That's true. Yeah. That's true. It kind of wears out. It wears out after a while. Well, and when you're wrestling the same guy, no matter how cool he is, it's it's like... It's like those are two who should have the mask versus yeah. mask. That would be a money feud. See, I think they're gonna have a tag uh, tag team title feud next. Wow, nah. Well, because they have Dragon Rojo and um, the other guys, should be good. Yeah, Dragon Rojo, who I'm a fan of, except for his match with Liger. <laughs> so bad. Oh, it was awful. Oh, well, it's really Lord. boring. How sad. Yeah, it's just he's just not a singles wrestler. <laughs> you know, like I was telling you about, like certain guys aren't singles wrestlers. <laughs> He's not a singles, he's not a singles wrestler. wrestler. He's a trios huh, or a tag team wrestler. Wow. Yeah, One trick pony. He's, he's, he's not... Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys. You look at WWE, I mean, they have so many guys who can't work a singles match, and they're having them work singles matches. That is strange. Because you, know, you get bored with it, watching them wrestle. And you mentioned uh, the ladies, and we were talking about this the other night, how I've seen several CMLL women's matches lately, and... I marvel that even the worst women wrestlers in Mexico are better than who's the best the w- divas here. Who's the worst women's wrestler? Do you, do you have it? Now, I'm embarrassed to say, because I've only seen them a few times, uh, the two skinny blonde divas. Really? And really? I'm not saying There's they're bad. that's even worse. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that they're not as good as the other the, women. The worst the female with. wrestler in Mexico has got to be Luna Magica. She's, I don't think I've seen her. She's this like short, stocky girl. Mm-hmm. She 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 just looks really like bad. Yeah. She's dating one of the bookers so. though. So she that's married. why she's... she's married to somebody. I can't. I think she's married to one. But was is it Princesa Blanca who you said is Felinos? Yeah. Uh, she's wife? not a skinny. She's not. No, no. I, I wasn't referring to her, but I really like her. I yeah. think she has a great presence. 
No. Dallas is the one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but the, but they all know the basics. They all know how to work. They don't look lost. They don't look like what are we doing in this ring? Yeah, because I think the two wor- the, the match you were talking about, the two worst ones were Dallas and um, Estrellita. Those are the two. Yeah. Yes. And they're not. And even then, they're not as bad as like. No, they're not terrible. Because that match wasn't that bad for two of for for having them in it. I watched the whole thing yeah. and I enjoyed the whole thing too. Who was the third third tag team partner? Marcella or Dark Angel? It, no, it was. Uh, Marcella, right? Marcella, wait, was wait, wasn't Lady Apache on there? Oh, Lady Apache, yeah, there. And Lady Apache yeah, looks Lady Apache. great. Yeah, and she just had a kid too. Damn. Yeah. That woman has has amazing <laughs> genetics. Here, here we go. The creepy side of the show. The creepy side of the show. Oh, we're wondering like who has great thighs and stuff. Oh God. <laughs> she's had all those kids, and she still looks dynamite. And she's a class A worker. Yeah, yeah. God, she's a great worker. Yeah. And the, it, it helps that the heel side is pretty good, too. I mean, Emma, yeah. Amapola, Princesa Blanca, Princesa Hutsuhei, who's really good. Mm-hmm. I actually dig their, their new outfits, too. Like, they the, have like the, 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 the tight spandex. Yeah, yeah. That's it awesome. Look no, they're very cool. Yeah. No, because it, it, it's funny. I, I can't remember the time I last watched the women's wrestling in CMLL, but I remember thinking, yeah, not bad. Could take it or leave it. They've been getting, but better. the last yeah, the last few times I'm saying I would like to see more. Yeah. I'm enjoying they, they're, it. They're not as bad as they were. Like I think that that they're they have that Japanese deal with uh, Reina, the mm-hmm. Reina promotion. So they're bringing the Japanese women, and then the Mexicans are going to Japan. Mm-hmm. So there's a little more of a. I think they're they're getting to know each other a little better. And there's probably just, a little more motivation just, there with just the deal. Don't, just don't send La, La Nazi again to Japan. She hated it. No way, really. She hated it. What yeah. was her beef with the Japan? Everything. <laughs> oh lord. She hated everything about it. The the wow. the, the style, everything like the the food. She didn't. She would. She just didn't want to go to Japan. Oh man. And they made her go. So. She, Damn. She just hated it. <laughs> if somebody told me Vandal, we want to bring you to Japan. Yeah. Man, I mean, my some people just don't like. Well, I mean, you don't know what her situation is too. I mean, she might have family and stuff. That's true. You don't really. That's true. And some people just don't like to travel. You know, like. She might not be a world traveler type. Well, I, I remember I, there were several wrestlers like, I guess, Super Munieko. That was one of his biggest dislikes. He hated all the traveling yeah. he had to do in wrestling. Yeah. You would have thought, well, I mean, Comandante, you would think she would have liked it. La Nazi or whatever her name is now. What is her name? Comandante, right? No, it's I don't know. The commander? <laughs> <laughs> I know they got rid of the, the Nazi thing because they didn't want to be... I, I was going to say it's not a very correct age to yeah, have a Nazi they, gimmick. Yeah, they, they got rid of her name like that. Yeah, I, I even thought it was strange when I was a little kid and looked at the Lucha Libre magazines and saw that there was a wrestler on top called El Nazi. I, I thought, oh yeah, that a ain't y- right. A Yumi's coming in also. We should probably mention that too. The Japanese. Oh yeah, yeah. she's a cute little thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She has such an adorable if, if, face. If Dan, if Dan Farron is listening to the show, he's just rolling around realizing. That's right. That's he's right. He's just hitting his his ta- the table right now. Like damn it, he's stop, freaked out because stop we're talking about this. The reason he gets freaked out is because he feels exposed. Because yeah. we're saying what he feels. He just won't we're say what honest. he feels. We're yes. being honest. Yes, we're perverts. We, know, we, know, we know how... All, we've gone to indie shows. We know how every... <laughs> we know how all these wrestling fans think about women. <laughs> Speaking of indie shows, uh, we, should, we should just briefly bring up that uh, we recently reestablished contact with... Uh, our local pal Superboy in the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah. And he now has a son who is entering the business, a third-generation wrestler here in Los Angeles, Hijo de Superboy, boy, who uh, appeared on the January 14th MPW Battle Royal show. Yeah, tagging with his uncle. Principe Indu, who uh, had his first match on that show, first match in over 15 years. And amazing that he's been off for 15 years because he didn't look like somebody who's had that long of a break. Yeah. So uh, Superboy recently had a hip replacement. Uh, for the moment, needs a cane to get around, uh, but is going to be it's going to be a okay. Unfortunately, a hip replacement probably means we won't be seeing any more of that. Uh, Unique Superboy flying that. You know what he told me, right? I, I, I told him, no more moonsaults, right? And he's like, 
No, maybe. Oh, <laughs> maybe there's no. one. Oh, God, maybe no. there's one. There's one down oh. the road. Yeah, he told me that. Don't do it, yeah. Superboy. No, I know he can, but, oh, this yeah. oh. We laughed about it, but, you know. Yeah. You never know. He's a, he's a wrestler at heart. It was really, uh, what was really fun about seeing that show was, uh, it was Ihode Superboy teaming with his uncle Principe Indu, and they wrestled two local luchadores. Yeah, um, Top Gun, no, Top, Top Notch, Segura, mm-hmm. and Wama. Okay, yes. Um, Who we saw at the Wrestle Reunion. That's right, that's right. Both really nice guys, and it was fun because you see Superboy sitting there in the audience, uh, you know, with his cane, just observing his son and every time his you know son did a little misstep or miscued something you'd see him like wincing like oh oh <laughs> and then when the match is over they get back to the dressing room Superboy walks in there with his cane and is kind of lecturing on his son what he did right what he did wrong and did he hit him did he poke him with the cane well that was the funny part <laughs> is, is, is seeing him with a cane it looked like something you'd see like in an old black and white movie yeah. where the, the, the old wise sage with his yeah. cane is lecturing yeah. the young monk or something Pokes like that. Up. Come on, you gotta do better. <laughs> <laughs> he, looked, he looked good for a, for a rookie, you know. He looked good. Yeah, that I think that was his first match. Yeah. I mean... I think it was his second. second. Yeah, because he had a trios match. Oh, that's right. He had the in one that little at, building that in that little in. building at, uh, of Supernatural's gym. Yeah. That's right, yes. Supernatural's gym. <laughs> not, it's not his gym. It's not his gym, but yeah, he's, he's running the show it's there. It's officially so. his gym now. That's how we. It's we, an interesting place. It, it's it's, a, it's the place that they ran the PWE shows, the TV shows. Yes, that's so. right. What's most interesting, the building is you can watch wrestling and save your soul because there's a curtain that divides the room. On one side of that curtain is the wrestling ring and the seats for people to enjoy the show. On the other side is a little church where yeah, they have really services well. on Sunday. They have church there. I didn't yes, know that. Yeah. yes. <laughs> I saw I saw the drum set. I didn't really notice the other stuff. There's yeah. a drum set, I guess, for the the band or whatever. Must be. <laughs> the, church, the church has a drum set. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All they yeah. have is the drums. Yeah, they, 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 so they're singing their gospel songs and they're playing the drums. <laughs> <laughs> drum solo. <laughs> they have a donation cup saying, yeah. hey, maybe we can get a guitar or a yeah. keyboard thrown in here somewhere soon. I just thought you drum know? kid. I'm like, man, that's, there's a drum set over there. I mean, what's up with that? That would be great for a lucha show. You could have somebody playing the drums instead of like music. You just have to that actually it. happened uh, at the Hollywood Heavyweight Wrestling Show in 1990. That, oh, really? Uh, Dan Farron, Eric Caden, Johnny Legend promoted. There what, was a band what, that was playing surf music. Was this was this featuring a 14 year old Rey Mysterio? Junior? Yes, it was. <laughs> a young boy hired by Dan Farron to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give you a hard time about that, Dan. And then we're going to talk about Ice Ribbon afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, at this show, they had a band that would play surf music in between yeah. each show, which uh, I was on Cloud9 because surf music is my favorite music genre. The only thing is whenever uh, a, a match was taking place, whenever somebody would do a chair shot, the drummer would hit the cymbal. Bing! <laughs> that would be great. And it, it was actually kind of funny, but Dan finally went up... Uh, to the guy and said, see that giant Cuban guy over there? His name's Conan, and if he sees you do that when he does a, a, a share shot, he might have a few <laughs> words with you. And the guy stopped. Uh, you know what would have been great? Like, if, if they had, like, a promos, and, like, the promo just goes nowhere, and the guy just says, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, like, this weird, like, like, a Triple H cutting a long promo, and people are, like, bored. And another little piece of trivia was uh, the band L7 performed on that show. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, right when they were up and coming, and Johnny was telling us they're going to be big someday. And, and they were pretty big for yeah. like not much of the 90s. Yeah. Are they still around? I think they probably are. I don't know. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be so negative about bands. I know. Well, uh,. CMLL, you were telling me, is possibly bringing back some former wrestlers. Well, the Observer, this past week's Observer, was talking about how CMLL wants is a little bit more open to bringing back old stars from the past, and that they've been talking to like different guys. Like um, they're open to bringing back La Parka, mm. the LA Park. I mean, LA Park. Yes, Doctor Wagner Jr. All these other guys who have left. 
I don't know about Hijo de Santo, I but was, apparently Hijo de Santo and them have been in, like, I mean, Santo's been trying to be friendlier with them, mm. <laughs> which, you know, I doubt is going to last that long. Since Yeah, well, I, I know the what I think we've all heard for several years is that the two that they absolutely do not want to bring back are Hijo de Santo and Conan. Yeah. Now, we all know the story about well, Conan. See, the, the thing with Conan now is, like, he can't wrestle anymore, so it's really not... Yeah. It's really... It's really what is he going to do there? Right, no, that's not true. Add anything, that's unless you true. want to do like an invasion angle, and he's the leader. But Conan's not going to leave Triple H. No, and I, I mean. well, yeah, he's and he's he's got a good thing where he is. I yeah. don't see why he'd want to leave. But I'm I'm just saying we know the story of yeah, why yeah. he and CMLL are on the outs. And Blue Demon Junior is now in that list with those. Oh, things. is he really? Well, I mean, he threatened to sue him. I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, think about it. They're they're making another character based off of Blue Demon. <laughs> Uh, that, that so it is kind of in your face. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a back and forth. Now the Ijo de Santo. What was it about his departure that left money? Such... It was just money. Yeah. It was more of a money thing. Well, you know the thing I think with Santo, it's that I think his wife handles a lot of his business mm-hmm. affairs, and you've heard like Ricky Steamboat about the stories of Ricky Steamboat's wife, yes. right? She's a hard business person. Oh yes. I think that's what his wife is like too. So I think it kind of rubs. Uh, the old boys the wrong network, way the wrong when you way have... yeah when you have a strong woman telling wow. you what to do yeah so and I guess Santo sided with her or whatever and you know that kind um, of ended. it's more of a money thing yeah. and then it went from being a money issue to like him ripping on them like from how how the young guys don't know how to work and then then call, calling back Santo like ripping him for being a you know a, a, a jerk and stuff yeah. like that so he kind of gradually burned the bridge down yeah, rather yeah. it wasn't one big <laughs> to, blow to up. now where he has a TV show Solely based on ripping on on, on AAA and CMLL, <laughs> you know, which I think they got to, you know, I think they should actually sell settle with him or something, just because they both need each other. It, oh, it would make it so much easier for totally. And even though even though uh, they feuded forever, it's been years since there's been a Santo versus Negro Casas match, and and you know what's even worse, Hijo Santo and AAA don't get along either. So now you basically have Santos shows basically are him versus. Angel Blanco Jr. Mm-hmm. or Hijo Solitario. Wow. And those guys, I mean, Angel Blanco Jr. is an okay worker, but, but he's Hijo not. Hijo de Solitario is awful. I mean, his match with him was just stalling the oh, entire time. Man. It was It was Hijo Solitario sta- stalling and Santo like doing a tope on him. <laughs> Basically, it was, like, it was like, let me figure out the best ways to in- make this match enjoyable. So it was like 30 minutes of like Santos trying just all his moves and Solitario, whenever it was his turn, was like punch him, then stall, like walk wow. around, you know, rip, the, you know, point to the fan and stuff like that. Hijo de Solitario is one who was just awful from day one. I mean, what little have I've seen him over there? He he sounds like somebody. He looks like somebody who's not even interested in. Yeah, he just looks, in progressing. He yeah. just is content. Just and now it's kind of now it's too late too. Now. Oh yeah, now that yeah. He's old. But I mean, living off his dad's name, so. Mm. <laughs> But, well, that's interesting, though, that they're up for bringing back Dr. Wagner, L.A. Park. You know, the other thing that came out of on that was that Hijo Santo, uh, apparently he's got somebody with money backing him now. Really? Or who's willing to put money into his promotion. So now Santo is apparently trying to see if he could talk people into joining his promotion. Mm. So he's like, I, I think they mentioned um, Dr. Wagner, L.A. Park, Nicho, all the, all the mm. guys that he's more familiar with. I think if I was any of those wrestlers, I would be thinking AAA or CMLL. I, I, I mean, you no, hear well, so it's not many. CML, not, it's his Santos promotion. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. As I hear so many stories of somebody who claims they have money backing them, yeah, and yeah. It ends up dissipating really quickly. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, right now, there's a lot of indie promotions that have just spent. There's people that are just spending a ton of money. There's a show, um, what's today, the 17th? Mm-hmm. This Sunday, there's going to be a double header. It's from that promotion called X Project. Okay. Have you heard of them? I have heard of them. It's like, we thought it was a new promotion, but it's a, apparently it's an umbrella group mm-hmm. that is going to feature like different little small groups that are joining up or just a promoter coming up with different brands. And they're flying in on that one double header. They're flying in Sammy Callahan, Raven, Tommy Dreamer, um, I think Shima Zion, <laughs> the guy who just hurt somebody. Accidentally hurt somebody. Oh my gosh! Um, I think there's one or two other guys. There might be. I think women. Lefisto. I think it's coming in. I think. I picture the promotion folding. And then they're 
booking big names in Mexico, like L.A. Park, La Parca, super crazy. Wow. Um, I think Blue Demon's working on other shows. Oh, Davy Richards. They're flying in Davy Richards to work with Daga. I mean, Davy Richards is a fantastic wrestler, but do you think the fans of Mexico are saying, Oh, Davy Richards! We know all about him! Well, you know, the thing is, they're, they're running in, uh, uh, I think they're running Arena Lopez Mateos, mm-hmm. which seems to be the new, <laughs> that's like the, that's the ECW arena of Mexico. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know they're basically just going to get like, at max, maybe like 2,000 people probably. Yeah. I mean, Wrestle Reunion flew in guys and they didn't make money off of those shows. Yeah. They were kind of complaining about that. I can't really imagine a promotion flying in that many guys no. in Mexico with a peso. Because, I mean, I didn't even realize that you have to pay them more <laughs> because you're paying them with pesos. <laughs> you know, you're, you're paying them oh, more. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's like... I, I don't... Well, it's an age-old story, but I, I still don't get it. I mean, it, it's funny. Whenever I just have this little dream in my head of promoting a show, I, I never even think of trying to find names. I... I Try to do local guys yeah, and, I mean, and build my own group. But nah, you have to be a little bit a, a big mark for wrestling because, I mean, just flying them in, going to pick them up. Where are they going to stay? Mm-hmm. Are you going to spend money on hotel? Are they going? Are they going to stay at your house? <laughs> Imagine Raven, Raven, Tommy Dreamer, Sammy Callahan, Davy Richards. Honey, I have guests. <laughs> They're all staying at your house. <laughs> Can you serve us some tea, dear? Yeah. You know, the only thing is, like, Raven and Tommy Dreamer are a little bit more normal than they come across. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they're that bad. Right. Yeah. So. No. Well. It it's interesting. The whole money mark thing, I think, is as old as the wrestling business. I mean, my first encounter with it was when, uh, I was working out with Billy Anderson in his school. And there was a guy who wanted to promote local wrestling, and uh, he wasn't so much a mark in that he wanted to fly in a bunch of big stars. But he spent a lot of money and promoted several good shows. Uh, first one drew really well. But he just kind of spent money with no plan, and I yeah. think the whole outfit folded within four or five months. Well, see, the thing is, now you could have a plan, mm-hmm. but the way wrestling is, it's so down now. That even if you yeah. have a plan, you better make sure you're not like spending that much money. Cause exactly. It, or finding these other you know expenses because you're not going to make any money. Period. Yeah, I think there's almost this almost little excitement in the brainwave of somebody who's promoting wrestling for the first time that to make money you have to spend money, and they throw logic out the door. And I don't even mean that in a sarcastic, mean way, but their emotion overrides their logic, and they yeah. just start paying oodles of money. On everything from ring to production to the wrestlers, yeah. and they seem shocked when you know they take a bath financially. So it's, it's going to be interesting. That that it it looks like a good it looks like a couple of good shows, like a good double header. Like I said, it's, yeah, as a fan, it would be a fun show to watch. It just worries me because it they're just I don't know. You can't where do you go from there? <laughs> where are you flying next? Yeah, now, one area where I have to t- confess that I talk CMLL all the time, and I am way behind on viewing any AAA. What little yeah. I've seen are Jack Evans matches, because I think he is totally awesome. Yeah. But um, what's your take on C- on AAA these days? These days, um, their big storyline is um, those guys who left CMLL, mm-hmm. El Consejo feuding with AAA. I mean... The shows, I, I mean, I enjoy the shows. It's, okay, it's a little more... Before we do the next podcast, I do have to catch yeah. up on that. I've been guilty of kind of just... I'm really been... I'm, a, still, I'm, still, I'm still looking for the X-Project stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're... They, actually, the show is really good. I mean, if you look at... if The, the, the 219, the... Which one is this? The, 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 the Valerie Office show has... Their main event is Alley Park, La Parca... This is the one thing that I think AAA screwed up. The mm-hmm. LA Park La Parca thing. Mm-hmm. Tagging them up, they should have built it up. They really went True. to it too fast. Um, while this show has La, La Parca, La Parca, LA Park, and Super Parca versus Raven, Super Crazy, and Tommy Dreamer. That shouldn't be. That, that should would be, be fun. The, the semi main event is a three way dance between Mes- Messias, Blue Demon Jr., and a surprise luchador. 
I'm curious. <laughs> you know, why do you have a surprise yeah, I know, on a show really. like this? <laughs> the, the second match listed as Phoenix, Freelance, Sugi-san versus Dark Dragon, Samurai Del Sol, who's another fly-in, mm-hmm. and Zima Ion, which is another good match. And then the opener is um, Yuki Star Vanelli versus Big Mama and Felina, which is the women's match. Big Mama is um, this big chubby woman who does like the big mama gimmick oh cute yeah how cute Hilarious. speaking Great. of which i just saw goya kong for the first time oh you did <laughs> i kind of dig her she's fun i can't find the other show for some reason oh, i think it's at the top the daga the other group is daga dynamite dojo their main event is davy richards versus daga that's gonna be pretty good that'll be cool you have you seen daga yet <clears throat> no i have not that's the guy I tried to get booked on MPW. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, Lo- Los yes. Traumas versus Sammy Callahan, Callahan and Samurai Del Sol. That should be really good. Um, Juventud Guerrera versus Zima Ion. Well, whenever Juventud is in the house, anything can happen. Then there's uh, Lufisto versus La Vaquerita. And then Angelico versus Zumbi. Now, I have yet to see Sammy Callahan. I have, I've, I've seen little of him. He's a name I'm hearing all the time. Yeah, he's, he's in Dragon Gate, so I don't really watch Dragon Gate. Just because mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of Dave Sapolsky. <laughs> I, I, neither am I, to be honest with you. Well, it's not. It's nothing personal. Well, no, no. It's his, it's his booking philosophy that yeah. I never dug. Up. Yeah. It's more of that than anything else. Yes. Yes. And I know a lot of people really like his booking, but... I mean, more than anything, my his philosophy of allowing any match, be it the opener, to be the show stealer, I mean, that... In my opinion, that's not how you promote a show. Yeah, it's just the difference in booking. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We want... Oh, well, the big angle in AAA is El Consejo versus AAA. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look at the Consejo group, because I, I, did you hear that the guy that they wanted was um, Averno, right? Yes. You heard about that? I did hear about we that. We did talk about that. Um, they couldn't get him, so they've been getting a lot of like the second-level type of guys who just already left CMLL. Yes. Like Cemental, mm-hmm. Mortis. And they just brought in, just recently they added um, Argos. Argos is uh, Mystico, Sinkara's brother. Oh, yes, I've heard so about that. Him. He's he's the latest member of that group. Wow, but it's a far cry from Averno who uh, would have made that group. You know, and I, I'm not hating on the group because I actually did Tejano Jr. as the lead guy, mm-hmm. but it's a very weak. Because you have Tejano Jr. is really good, then you have Toscano, who's the secondary guy, who. You know, you don't know what's going to happen with him because he knows shows a lot. And then you have Mascarano Dos Mil Jr., who's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the other guys are really are good, but they're not at. But the as level. a faction, they're, it's weak. Yeah, it's a weak. It, yeah. So I made I made a comparison to the NWOB team. <laughs> <laughs> they need. Hey, they could get they, they could get Virgil to join the group. The Sub Wolf Pack. Yeah, they could get the Vir, they could get Virgil twenty five bucks so. <laughs> for twenty five bucks. They'll shoot rubber bands at yeah. you. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, seriously, if you guys haven't heard the Slam and Stand podcast, I, I recommend listening to the, this yes, one. Yes, it was a really enjoyable one. Slam and Stand number 69, it was really We good. have some great Wrestle Reunion stories. Yeah. yeah, and you can hear Bix tell us about his Virgil moment. Encounter. It, it's a classic yeah. story. Wonderful stuff. That's... Yes, so that group, I think that group, they need the big name, so I don't know who they're going to get, because most of the big names now in CMLL are pretty much not going to leave, probably. <laughs> True. I, I, I mean, it sounds like they're... I think Averno was the most obvious guy who would leave because he's already done everything, and he was gonna he was gonna leave to WWE, and now that he isn't, he he he's in a really interesting place. He's in a place where who he, knows what's going on, but we've heard rumors he, about WWE for ages now. For he's him. in a place stuck wrestling La Mascara That's <laughs> forever. <right. laughs> That's his punishment. No, just kidding. You know, I was watching somebody. Oh, you know, have you ever seen those uh, those uh, Botchmania videos no. on YouTube? They put um, all of La Mascara's um, screw-ups in, oh, uh, no. from, from last year's um, uh-huh. New Japan CMLL show. <laughs> and it's just, he, I didn't realize how bad it was until oh, no I saw it on there. He looked horrible. Wow, and specifically in Japan. Yeah, he, I think he was injured or something. Wow, jeez. Yeah, he just looked horrible. Wow. Um, he, he's... I think he's an okay worker, mm-hmm. but I think they've reached the limit with him. That's about as far as they can go. Yeah, pushing I think him. they should start going like to somebody else. But I, I don't know who. Uh, I don't know. I think pretty soon Guerrero Maya Jr. could be at a crossroads where they should yeah. push him up, up another level. I, 
I don't know about other people, but I really dig Stuka Jr. Stuka Always Jr. have. See, Stuka Jr. is great, like as a third guy on a trio. Yeah, like if you and he'd be he's even better than La Mascara too. I so. I agree. I think he is. Yeah. Well, is there? What, Valiente. I Valiente love Valiente. Dump La Mascara. Valiente. <laughs> Valiente in there. <laughs> Poor Mascara. But it's... it's No. I, as long as Valiente doesn't fa- fall on his head again. You know? Oh, jeez. He did it again, too, I think. What? Oh, man. Well, he does... He probably... See, we should we should send video of Valiente to Lance Storm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about this, Lance? We should just... I, I suggest everybody just send... Watch Mania videos to Landstorm. We'll have a new one called Catch Mania. Yeah, Catch Mania. We'll just send it to Landstorm like all the time. <laughs> well, and along that, we'll get our Kojika Mania t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we were watching some Ice Ribbon and Great Kojika. We Kurt. thought he was wearing a Hulkamania t-shirt. Yeah. But it said Kojika Mania, and I want a Kojika Mania t-shirt. Yeah, because I was telling Kurt about the the... The little kid, the, the trio of the little boy, the little girl, and the old man. And apparently they thought it was really creepy. And I, like I was telling everybody, it's not that I'm like, what is that? I'm not a proponent of it. Mm-hmm. It's just something that happened. I thought it was weird. So I brought it up. <coughs> so I finally decided to show it to Kurt. And it really was weird. <laughs> it was weird, yeah. but it didn't seem creepy. It, what, what it was was great Kojika was teaming yeah. with a little girl and a little boy. Nothing like perverted they were just like little kids who were pro wrestlers yeah. the little boy he looked like he he could be the destroyer's great grandson yeah. he had these amateur an amateur wrestling singlet on and a red mask to match and they it was just like a, a pro wrestling match the first thing i thought is it reminded me when i was 10 years old first discovered wrestling and when i would watch on saturday nights you know, in between each match during commercials, I'd run into my bedroom and start hurling myself all all over my bed, taking yeah. bumps. And I thought, and the kids look like they're having fun. You didn't kill anybody while doing it. <laughs> no, although I did split my my lip wide open one night, and, oh, and blood flowed all over my body, oh, and I freaked out. I thought I was bleeding. <laughs> and to you death. thought you were going to get in trouble, right? So you went over. And- Cleaned yourself up. No, my uh, oh, they, they heard no, it. No, my my mom and dad heard heard the wailing when I discovered how much <laughs> blood was all over me. They took you to emergency. I still have a little scar tissue in my lip right here ever oh, since. Wow. Now they didn't take me to emergency. They just kind of like uh, said, ice. "Okay, calm down. You're gonna be fine." And uh, <laughs> uh, it it hurt to eat anything for like the next two weeks. But yeah, my tooth went right through my foot. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Uh. The first thing I thought when I calmed down and saw myself in the mirror, I said, "I'm saying." Oh my gosh, I look just like Raul Mata did when Ernie Ladd started jabbing him in the throat and he spit blood all over himself. <laughs> and then I thought it was kind of cool, and yeah. uh, unfortunately there's no Kodak moment of that moment in my oh, life. Oh, jeez. But I mean, it, it's, it's just, if you just look at it from a, from a wrestling perspective, it's like... I didn't see it as creepy. There, there's so much weird shit in, on wrestling. Exactly, now, and so I thought this was... I, I've seen... Let's put it this way. I've heard so much a mention of Ice Ribbon, and I was expecting to see something kind of disturbing, and it looked like it, it looked like these kids were just having a blast. Yeah. You know, as they, long as the parents are in, in okay with it. Exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe yeah. it's great Coco I mean, I think, I think when you attend so many Lucha shows, it's like you can't really complain. <laughs> you can't really complain about kids wrestling when you, you that's go why, to... That's why we were making the, the, the teasing comment to Dan Farron about... Uh, Hiring a fourteen-year-old Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> well, I mean, because every time you guys, there's an intermission. The first thing you see in Lucha, twenty kids running into the ring and doing every single like move like they can. They've oh, seen exactly. On TV. I remember in Tijuana, there was like this twelve-year-old uh, kid every week would uh, get into the ring and just do these flawless backflips off the uh, turnbuckles you know and land kid? on his feet. You know who that kid turned out to be um, Johnny Ace. Nicho Amilnaya. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was already old by that point. Right? He was already. He was already. Yeah, in fact, in fact, right around that time was when uh, Nicho made his yeah. debut. I actually saw Nicho's very first match in TV. Wow, really? Yeah, he was. Uh, that was when he was uh, working. And, and, as... and then you emailed Dave Meltzer. Actually, there was no email back. <laughs> you wrote him a letter. You you wrote him a letter saying, "I've seen the future," and his name is Caballero de la Muerte. That's right. Yes, <laughs> I did. I swear, I yeah. did. No, I remember. Uh, he was uh, in the opening match, and he was wrestling under the name uh, 
that evening as El Salvaje. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. And uh, in fact, he used the Caballero de los Muertes name in California because there was a local guy called El Salvaje already. See, but, it happened back then. Why is why are we getting so upset about Diamante Azul, you know? <laughs> that's true. You got a point there. Or Titan and Triton. It's just I dug Metro so much. Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason I'm... But no, I remember uh, right when the match started, they actually announced this is the very first match of this young kid, Salvaje. Yeah. And, uh... You know, why didn't they ever use Blondie for, uh, Met- Was it Blondie that sang that song, Metro? Who sang that song, Metro? Metro? Oh, you're thinking of, uh, oh, no, no, no. Um, Berlin or something? Berlin, yeah. riding on the Metro. Yeah, yeah. Riding did... on the Metro. Yeah, why did they use that for I Metro? Know. Probably because they would have had pay royalties. That has to be in. Well, they looked at what they used for their show. I mean, Panico, that must not be on Panico's playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Panico's MP3. Yeah, has... it only has uh, Quiet Riot. And, and uh, Conjunto Africa. <laughs> who, who's that? Uh, Iron Maiden? No, it's not Iron Maiden. It's... Quite right, I think it is quite right. Come on, feel the noise. Yeah, they, yes. he has all that Come stuff. Come on, feel the noise. Yeah. That he feels young yeah. and hip. Oh, with scorpions, it. scorpions. He has scorpions. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he has like every single person's scorpions. Guns and Roses. He has Guns and Roses. So <laughs> that'd be so hilarious. Like he's he's sitting backstage with his iPod or his tape recorder. Just, huh? oh, this is a pretty good song. <laughs> I remember. I remember hearing about this great interview in Mid South. Uh, I wish about I actually music. heard it myself. Well, it was when R- Mr. Wrestling Two was a heel for a brief time, and I guess he does this interview saying, "Kid, you know, t- you know, bagging on uh, kids today, and all they do is smoke dope and listen to that terrible rock and roll music, which is just criminal." and Bill Watts says, now hold on a minute. My sons listen to rock and roll music. They're both straight-A students. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with them. And then he I, he says something like, and you know what? It even does my ear a little good sometimes. You know what I found? Which is funny. I heard, And apparently the funny part is Bill Watts apparently hates rock music. You know, that's what I found funny about um, re-watching a lot of Mid-South is how political um, Bill Watts was on the show. Like he would talk about stuff like about like Russia and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, that's very, true. Yes, he was very yes. Political, like he would give his opinion on certain things. I was like, it was the very reactionary things of the day. Yeah. and I remember, I, wasn't that the promotion where they would usually do the, the Russian angle? Where they do the Russian angle, and I, I think there was one where, okay, I, I think it was Mid South, but I, a Russian character like shoves a woman, and they use the explanation. You know, well, we can't judge him because that's how they handle women in their culture. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way they do it in their culture. We should have a caveman. We should have a caveman show up and just hit one of the girls in the head and like drag, drag her. her by the and hair. And then we'll have like Daddy Wolf. Daddy Wolf. Well, you see, that's how they. That's how they. They were. They were raised. <laughs> if you go back to their uh, their heritage of Cavernario Galindo, that's how they handle their women. I wrote on Twitter because um, they you know all the name stuff, all the all these weird names, and mm-hmm. I, I wrote. Wouldn't it be great if they if CMLL brought back the Cavernicolas as the 2012 version? That would be cool. With the names. I got this off the NBA. Mm-hmm. This is how weird the NBA um, last names are. Uh-huh. Biombo, Matumbo, Og. Oh, that's perfect! And their, t- and their little mini mascot, Smrek. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god, that's great. Yeah, so I was like... I just thought I, I I should write that down so we can oh we ever run God. have some cavemen call that. That is a great. I, I love that idea. Yeah, we're copywriting it, trademarking yeah. it right here. You on know, the Lucha great world. Thing, the great thing is Matumbo. Just that guy, that one guy. You'd come off. <coughs> you'd get with six names off of him. Well, <laughs> hey, and since we're and since we're coming up with uh, characters here, I have a character that I want to debut. He's going to be a. British crime fighting uh, time traveler who has trouble with prepositions. <laughs> his name's going to be Doctor What. <laughs> he can manage the new Cavernicolas. Yeah. I, in fact, it just dawned on me. The Cavernicolas. It was Popey Tecus. Yeah. Hawk El Cavernaria, wasn't it? Was was was? I can't remember the names. I just, I just remember, if I'm remembering they had these the, really like weird names. Yeah, I didn't watch them too closely because I was really bummed to see Popitecus become a caveman because I thought he was just so cool as Popitecus. Here, we could look at the Lucha. But if it, but if I'm but if he teamed with Hakal Cavernario passed away too. I mean, if if that was the trio, then two out of three of them um, are gone. I'll look for it right now. Keep keep. Okay, I'll keep, keep talking. Discussing yeah, so Doctor What is going to manage the new uh, Carbonacolas. Yeah. And, uh, well, 
And, and so people think I, I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. Og is actually a white guy. <laughs> Alan Og. Alan a, Og, I like that. That was his name. That was, his, that was the, the guy's name. And, of course, they're going to feud with uh, David Bixenspan's kayfabe cops. Yeah, I think we could come up with so many gimmicks. There's so many gimmicks out there. I, you know, the, the I can imagine us showing up at the at those um, Halloween stores. <laughs> People would be like, "That's where what I, are you guys doing? You know what? That's where I got my uh, costume when I played Caveman Wellington on the MPW show. I'm telling you, yeah, it's Popitecus Troglodita and Krogman. Maybe that's where um, Chris Jericho got the Troglodytes thing. I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> Very well could be. Because I remember there was one... Uh, Pro-Magnet. Okay, was that... Was... Because I remember there was one, Hawkel Carvanario, who uh, was killed in a mugging uh, when he... I think he was leaving Arena Mexico one night, if wow. I remember right. Okay. That's those two guys. But yeah, now that was a cool gimmick, but I love Popitecas just as Popitecas. He stood out in his own. He's one guy who should not be part of a trio. I think... Um, I think... Um, Jose must have written that about the why they didn't succeed. <laughs> Jose's not a big fan of gimmicks. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, he actually likes gimmicks. I know he likes gimmicks. Oh, and you know me. I know, because he's a big Super Muñeco fan, too. So. Totally. I mean, Super Raton. As I am. He's a big Super Raton fan, so. Yeah, Super Muñeco, Super Raton, Super Pinocho. Some of my faves. We should bring them back, too. That, ah, that's who we should love to. I would love to. Yeah. Oh, man. We could actually remake them. Super... I mean, what's the odds of them suing us? <laughs> That's true. Uh, we'll just do Americanized yeah. versions of their names. Super, you know? Well, we can't do Mighty Mouse. So. Super Rodent. Super Rodent. I like that. And uh, Super Puppet Man. <laughs> super Super Happy Puppet Man. Yeah, and... Um, and Super Pinocchio, what can we do? Uh, uh, super Lying Boy. <laughs> super Liar Boy. That's we what could come up be. with Japanese names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's so much potential there. Yeah. Well, do you think this is a good place to wrap it up? Yeah, I think we've talked enough. <laughs> and we enjoy talking, and, uh, well, let's make a pact. We're not going to let months pass before doing another Lucha World podcast. These are a blast, and... I hope this whole thing got recorded. You know? I hope it did, too. We'll, we'll find out very soon, and if it hasn't, we won't even know we're saying what we're saying right now. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of fun Lucha we have to look forward to, and a lot of potential... Uh, Real life angles between all the promotions. Yeah. Uh, if CMLL brings back some of their old guns, well, and you know the thing is now they're all like there's more of an open door now, so yes, yeah, we so might actually be seeing a lot of guys going back and forth at some point or working shows together. It will be interesting, except with Hijo Santo. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be the one left out in the cold, poor guy. But no, that it'll be interesting also because there's been scores of rumors in the past year about CMLL falling apart financially and I don't know if any of those rumors there's any foundation to them or if it's just pure speculation but it sounds like they're willing to slap down some money if yeah. they want to get people like Let's Wagner buy CMLL. I'll see how much change I have I mean, think at about home. it New Japan just was sold smashed for peanuts yeah yeah for 6.5 million I think yes very reminiscent of WCW being sold for peanuts we could have bought like if we had like 10-15 million we could have bought like CMLL I mean WCW and um New Japan. Where can I find... Uh, okay, we're going on kickstart.com as soon as we're done here. <laughs> we're going to raise that. Money to buy uh, promotions. Yeah, we'll buy... Uh, what will we buy? Which promotion should we, we buy? We should buy like CMLL first. There you then go. Then we'll buy IWRG. That's right. We need a U.S. promotion that has a building. <laughs> shall, we buy, shall we buy Millennium Pro Wrestling? Yeah, we should buy... They have a building, Millennium they, Pro They have Wrestling. a building, and yeah. that way, that way uh, you know... We they can w- continue it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we'll fly in. We'll fly in like... The craziest wrestling. We'll fly in like Virgil. <laughs> for Ryan, we'll fly in Virgil. Virgil. That's right. We'll pay him 25 bucks yeah. for a photo and send him home. We'll buy um, DDT in Japan. That's right. Oh, DDT, yeah. yes. We must buy DDT. Yeah, we'll buy DDT and All Japan. All Japan, totally. Because <laughs> well, we, we want their footage. Hey. Mm, we'll make a ton of money off Look that. at what we have planned, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, that would actually be the real reason I'd want to buy CMLL is to just get all that footage. Actually, I guess we'd have to buy Univision first. Yeah, Televisa. Televisa, yes. Televisa. Televisa. Tele- television just... Visa. Yeah. Okay, we'll start a whole network, too. Yeah. Well, oh, we should start a network. There you go. Yeah. As you could tell, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting punchy. We are becoming extremely delusional and loving every minute of it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Lucha World, and we will 
See you in the very near future. Rockin'.